Welcome to Poptopia. Welcome to Poptopia, your podcast for all things pop culture. I'm your host, Paul French, and it is Friday, December 15th, 2006. Today's show, we're going to go back to the well with Kevin Smith and look at what makes up a really good DVD with Clerks 2. We're also going to go back in time with Steven Soderbergh and look at how you just shoot a movie that looks like a period piece. And it actually is a period piece. So anyway, first, let's talk about the Clerks 2 DVD, because I, I promised that a couple of weeks back. And I tell you, I've been really, really digging this DVD. First of all, you got a good Kevin Smith movie. Uh, I, you know, I thought it was a really strong film for him, uh, really a, a return to form. You know, he said he was going back to the well with the Clerks characters and the uh, and going back with the whole... You know, back to the well with the Viewsk universe and um, and talked a lot about... Uh, you know how before this was uh, something that he wasn't going to do because of uh, of Jason Mew's uh, addiction problems and everything. And I think it's really cool that this was kind of the the carrot that he dangled, and uh, and it seems to have worked for him. So that's that's fantastic. But for the fans, it's even better because what we've got is a DVD that has a movie on it, which is great, fantastic. But what's really cool is that we've got so many great special features. There are three commentaries, first of all. There's a technical commentary with uh, Smith, uh, Scott Mosier, and uh, Dave Klein, and they really talk specifically about you know how they film certain scenes, what they use to film. Um, in fact, uh, a lot of people speculate that this movie was going to be shot on digital. Um, quite a bit of it wasn't. Um, mainly so that they wouldn't have to gel the windows. And this is all stuff that you get on that commentary. And so great for the aspiring filmmaker to sort of learn, you know, what what works and what doesn't. And a lot of what they talk about is digital intermediate uh, and all that kind of stuff. But really they, they – Keep bringing it back to, so what does a, a first-time filmmaker have to do to uh, to be able to do this kind of thing? Very, very cool stuff. Then you get into the cast commentary with Muse, uh, Dante and Randall, um, Brian O'Halloran and Jeff Anderson, and, um, of course, his wife, Jennifer Schwalbach, who had a part in the movie, um, and uh, the kid who played Trevor Fairman, who's the guy who played, uh, his name's Elias, and... Really, really a, a great commentary with them, uh, sort of going through all kinds of stories of what happened on the shoot. And it's really what I love about Kevin Smith commentaries is it's it's some people having some fun talking about the movie and sort of reminiscing about the fun time they had putting on a show. There's a third commentary with uh, Smith and Jeff Anderson, which was part of sort of an abortive uh, attempt at a podcast commentary, and and that's very cool as well. So. See, all kinds of neat stuff. But but it doesn't stop there. You also, of course, get some deleted scenes. You get some bloopers, uh, which are absolutely hilarious. Uh, you get all of the uh, video production diaries that were done on the site, uh, which was the Back to the Well um, video podcast that he was doing uh, last year while they were shooting. And uh, a 90-minute making-of documentary called, in fact, Back to the Well. And a, and a, a featurette on interspecies erotica. If you've seen the movie, you know what I mean. If you haven't, don't let that put you off because it's really a funny scene. Um, so anyway, top-notch DVD as always. Um, and, you know, this is pretty much w- w- what what I've come to expect from Kevin Smith when it comes to a DVD. And it didn't hurt that the same day I bought it, I also picked up the uh, Evening with Kevin Smith disc, um, Evening Harder. Um which was some just more great uh, Kevin Smith Q and A. Uh, I mean, it's not quite the same as the as the first one because you know it's basically uh, kind of continuation. I mean, they would all go very well together, but uh, but still lots of fun to watch. And uh, I was actually at one of the Q and As. I think I mentioned this in the last episode, and so it was kind of neat to uh, to see it all sort of brought back. Anyway, so that is uh, the scoop on Clerks too. 
So Kevin Smith went back to the well and sort of went back to his uh, 90s, uh, what, 94 movie. Um, Steven Soderbergh has gone back a little bit further in making The Good German. And with this one, what he's done is he's done a period piece that actually looks like a period piece. And that's kind of the neat thing is what he did is he actually set it up just like a movie that was shot back in that period. So so it you know it is a, a 40s private eye flick and sort of going on with all sorts of uh, of wartime intrigue, but it actually looks like it was filmed back there. Uh first of all it's filmed in black and white as I'd mentioned before, but it's it's really sort of taken using uh those all those film noir filming techniques. Obviously, it's been done, you know, a lot of people have done that. Um, you look at, uh, Lars von Trier did, uh, Zentropa, um, a few years back, and it was, uh, it, it, sort of a similar thing, trying to capture that old feel. And you really can look at, uh, um, some of the scenes in The Good German and really see sort of the influence of movies like The Third Man. But what's really cool here is that he, uh, he used, you know, old, old style Klieg lights. He used, um, you know, Big stand mics, the whole bit, you know, none of the sort of trappings of a current film. He also really focused on only filming the scenes that he knew he was going to use. And um, so, you know, this is what you have to go with. And so there wasn't a whole lot of extra footage shot. And uh, and so it, it ends up looking really, really cool. Um, but. You know, this is something that, that, that uh, as I said, um, you know, he likes to to be adventurous with the way he photographs his films. And. It, it you know it isn't often done and uh, and I really think that he did a great job of of sort of bringing that all back and and taking taking the the chances to to make it look like that you know a lot of people say hey good movies haven't been made since the 40s well he's saying okay well, I can make mine look like that um, there's some questions to whether or not the this story actually uh, um, gets into that you know how how well does does the story live up to that and it's not quite as as strong but you know, it's just one of these things where this this movie um, still a better story than the most movies you're going to get these days. Um, and and man, like I say, just looks fantastic. So definitely check out the Good German. Uh, I, I really love the fact that uh, that he's he's you know made this movie really look like it takes place in that era, and uh, it's a beautiful beautiful thing. Uh, also going to talk about the Golden Globe nominees. Um, as many people know, uh, what goes on with the Golden Globes uh, often has an influence on what happens Oscar-wise. Not all the time, but sometimes. So, nominated for Best Motion Picture, a drama, uh, we've got Babel, Bobby, which is Emilio Estevez's uh, uh, Robert Kennedy uh, biopic or sort of story, whichever. Uh, the Departed, is Scorsese going to get a hit? Is he going to? Uh, Little Children and The Queen. Best motion picture for musical comedy is Borat, The Devil Wears Prada, Dream Girls, Little Miss Sunshine, and Thank You for Smoking. My pick in that area, and actually I'll back up. My pick for um, for drama is is The Departed. My pick for uh, musical or comedy, Thank You for Smoking. It'll probably go to Borat or Little Miss Sunshine. I think it should go to Thank You for Smoking. Just really, really funny and. In a, in a nasty way, but still really funny. Best performance by an actor in a motion picture. On the drama side, we got uh, Leonardo DiCaprio getting dual nominations, one for Blood Diamond and one for The Departed. Peter O'Toole getting a nomination for Venus. Will Smith for The Pursuit of Happiness. And Forrest Whitaker for The Last King of Scotland. I got to go with Forrest Whitaker on this one. His performance as Edie in The Last King of Scotland is just 
brutal absolutely incredible and um this guy just transforms himself and so you know if you haven't checked that out definitely uh give it a look Best performance by an actress in a motion picture for the drama, Penelope Cruz for Volver, Judy Dench for Notes on a Scandal, Maggie Gyllenhaal for Sherry Baby, Helen Mirren for The Queen, and Kate Winslet for Little Children. My pick is Helen Mirren, Mirren for The Queen, and The Queen is a movie that takes place uh, around the time of uh, Princess Diana's death and sort of looks at how the royal family handled the, the PR nightmare that that became for them. And uh, it's Helen Mirren, come on. Best performance by an actor in a motion picture, musical or comedy. We got Sasha Baron Cohen for Borat, Johnny Depp for Pirates, Aaron Eckhart for Thank You for Smoking, Chiwetel Ejiofor, and, I, and I'm killing his name there, for Kinky Boots, and Will Ferrell for Stranger Than Fiction. My pick for that is... Um, it's probably going to go to Johnny Depp, but I would actually pick Aaron Eckhart. Um, he took some really funny, really nasty material. Took a very unlikable part and made it a lot of fun. Uh, best performance by an actress in a motion picture for musical or comedy. You got Annette Benning in Running with Scissors. Tony Collette for Little Miss Sunshine. Beyonce Knowles for Dreamgirls. Meryl Streep for The Devil Wears Prada. And Renee Zellweger for Miss Potter. My pick there, Meryl Streep for The Devil Wears Prada. She sort of played that scenery-chewing, Cruella de Vil-type role and uh, did it oh so well. Uh, for Best Performance by an Actor in a Supporting Role in a Motion Picture, Ben Affleck for Hollywoodland, Eddie Murphy for Dreamgirls, Jack Nicholson for The Departed, Brad Pitt for Babel, and Mark Wahlberg for The Departed. I'm going to go with Jack. you got to go with Jack on that one uh, for The Departed. Uh, real ugly role, and he plays it oh so well. I mean, he's very, very much Jack, and and you know they the but the, in this case, you know the screenplay really sort of played to those those little ticks and that kind of thing. So it was great. Best performance by an actress in a supporting role in a motion picture. We got Adriana Barraza for Babel, Kate Blanchett for Notes on a Scandal, Emily Blunt for The Devil Wears Prada, Jennifer Hudson for Dreamgirls, and Rinko Kikuchi for Babel. Um, here I think it should go to Kate Blanchett for Notes on a Scandal. I suspect it will actually go to Jennifer Hudson. There will be a whole sort of, hey, well, she did the great singing in it and all that. Well, she's a singer. Um, and also just that, that sort of, there's gotta be someone new who gets an award some, at some point. For Best Director, um, Clint Eastwood actually plays both sides of the issue and uh, gets a dual nomination for Flags of Our Fathers and for Letters from Iwo, Iwo Jima. One looks at uh, Iwo Jima from the American perspective and the other from the Japanese perspective. And um, and he's been nominated for both of them, which is kind of neat. Stephen Frears for The Queen. Alejandro Gonzalez Inaratu for Babel. And Martin Scorsese for The Departed. Come on, you gotta give a give a look to to Scorsese, and I hope the Directors Guild gets there, and I hope the uh, the Oscars do because it's like John Stewart said last year: three six Mafia, one Oscar. Martin Scorsese, none. It's just wrong. Best screenplay, motion picture. You got uh, Babel by Guillermo Ariaja, The Departed by William Monaghan, Little Children by Todd Field and Tom Parada, Notes on a Scandal by Patrick Marber, and The Queen by Peter Morgan. I think it's going to go to Todd Field and Tom Parada for Little Children. This film is, uh, of course, uh, Todd Field's follow-up to uh, In the Bedroom, which was very, very well received a few years ago. And uh, he's, he's done a really great job, uh, once again, of taking um, a little bit of material and making it very interesting, even sustainable over a longer time um, next up is best original song for motion picture he got uh, from Bobby never gonna break my faith listen from dream girls ha- uh, song of the heart from happy feet and try not to remember from home of the brave and a father's way from the pursuit of happiness uh, I'm gonna be honest with you I got no idea here so 
Let's pick one at random. Listen from Dreamgirls, because, you know, that's going to be sort of the Chicago of this year. That's what people are saying, but uh, I don't buy it. Well, I didn't much like Chicago either, so I guess maybe it could be. Um, best original score motion for a motion picture. We've got uh, Gustavo Santaolalla. Ooh, I killed that. Santaolalla. Never mind. Uh, for Babel. Hans Zimmer for The Da Vinci Code. Clint Mansell for The Fountain. Carlos Ciliato for Nomad and Alexander, uh, Alexandre de Platt for The Painted Veil. I haven't seen a lot of those, so I can't really say. Uh, best foreign language film, Apocalypto, uh, Labyrintho del Fono, Das Leben der Anderen, and Letters from Iwo Jima, and Volver. Um, I think it's going to go to Volver. Yeah. The Foreign Press Association, they love Pedro Maldivar, and, um, and hopefully the Academy will show him some love as well. Best animated film, it comes down to Cars, Happy Feet, and Monster House. Now, it depends on who you're targeting here, but i got to go with Monster House, um, because uh, I, I really didn't dig on Cars at all. Um, Monster House actually played out. I thought it was going to be, you know, a goofy kids movie. Uh, I heard some good things about it, so I checked it out, and this thing plays like a Hitchcock film. And and it it was unbelievable, you know. It actually it, it it plays like an actual scary movie, you know, and and one that's actually scary, not just gory, not gory at all, really. Anyway, definitely worth checking out, and I think it was the best of the bunch. Uh, best television series drama twenty four Big Love Grey's Anatomy Heroes and Lost. Now it could go to Heroes as sort of the uh, freshman hit. Um, but uh, there was a lot of love for 24 at the Emmys, so that could uh, that could play out here as well. Uh, best television series, musical or comedy? It's down to Desperate Housewives, Entourage, The Office, Ugly Betty, and Weeds. I think it's going to go to The Office. I would love to see Entourage get the love, but you know, uh, The Office is probably going to take it. Best miniseries or motion picture made for television: Bleak House, Broken Trail, Elizabeth the First, Mrs. Harris, and Prime Suspect: The Final Act. Look forward to go to Prime Suspect. That's uh, they've given us a lot of great television. I think they're going to get rewarded for it. Um, next up is best performance by an actor in a miniseries or motion picture: uh, Andrea Bauer for Thief, Robert Duvall for Broken Trail, Michael Ealy for Sleeper Cell, Shiwadel Igo for for Tsunami: The Aftermath. Ben Kingsley for Mrs. Harris, Bill Nye for Gideon's Daughter, Matthew Perry for The Ron Clark Story. Give it to Bill Nye. He deserves everything. All of it. Um, best performance by an actress in a miniseries of motion picture made for television, Gillian Anderson for The Bleak House, Annette Benning for Mrs. Harris, Helen Mirren for Elizabeth I, Helen Mirren for Prime Suspect, The Final Act, and Sophie Alcanado for Tsunami, The Aftermath. Let's look at Helen Mirren getting it for Prime Suspect. Anyway, I've got like a couple more categories, but I'm going to get them in the next show. Um... That's all we got time we got for today, so send us comments at poptopiapodcast at gmail.com. Have a great week.